Welcome everyone to a new episode of Fresh Off the Boat. This is our initiative to reconnect with students I've worked with in the past. And given that uh, our current batch of seniors who are graduating from school and also our students who are graduating from college are uh, in a limbo and uh, there are so many things that are beyond their control, there's uncertainty. And I think this initiative is to help you not only listen to pearls of wisdom being shared by uh, people who've been there, done that, but also uh, know that they are part of a community and we are always there to uh, look out for each other. Uh, so thank you, Nihar. Uh, just wanted to introduce our uh, interviewee today. Nihar Kutiala had a fairly unusual path compared to the other students I've worked with. Uh, she did initially think of studying abroad like many other students who were graduating from Sriram School in Gurgaon, but then changed her mind <laughs> and stayed back in India. Yeah. Uh, so, Nihar, the first question to you is, uh, what prompted you to change your mind? And looking back, what were the first few months at DULSR like? Did you have FOMO that, you know, maybe I should have gone abroad, there's something else my friends are experiencing, I'm not... Go ahead. Sure. Um, firstly, thank you for this opportunity. I think it's great to, you know, honestly just share experiences and just learn from others. So it's great that you've set up this platform. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think Arjun, like you're quite familiar. I was, I think from the ninth grade in school, I was sort of preparing for a, a track of, you know, a, in, in, in international college admissions. And uh, right from then I sort of, you know, I started preparing for my SATs. I gave the TOEFL, I gave the APs. I did everything that I possibly could have. And in my head, I was, I always, um, saw myself going abroad uh, and I obviously kept my options open. So I was applying to the US, I was applying to the UK and Singapore. And, uh, you know, I said that, okay, I'll, I'll kind of choose uh, once I have all my admissions secured, I'll kind of choose the best path and see what's most suitable to me. Um, I think what kind of happened uh, very last moment, in fact, uh, and this is something that me and my parents used to discuss at one point as well, because they were on this journey with me. And they said, you know, Nihar, if you, if you uh, manage to get into, let's say, St. Stephen's or LSR um, in Delhi University in India, they're two of the most uh, prestigious universities, then we'll have a chat. But if not, then uh, we're going to go as for the plan. And I said, yeah, okay, sure. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, let's, let's see how it goes, you know. Um, and we didn't know whether that situation would arise. But, uh, you know, once I gave my board exams and I got my uh, score and I, I managed to crack like a 96.5, and I applied to DU just again as a backup plan. You know, you never know like visas, all of that stuff. You just, you just want to keep all your options open. So then I went and I, um, I applied to Delhi University and then the third list uh, of LSR came out for Eco Honors, which is of course the course that I was wanting to study. Uh, and I managed to get into LSR. So my parents were like, okay, let's go, let's go secure your seat, like just to be safe and stuff, right? And I just, I went quite disgruntled and I was like, okay, no, like, what's the point? Like, I know I'm going abroad and all of that. And I'd even paid up. Like, so I managed to get into every university that I applied to. And I decided to go to um, Singapore Management University and I'd actually paid up for like my induction and stuff like that. Also uh, in my head, I was like, what's the point, you know? Um, and they said, let's just do it to be safe. And, you know, once I got in and I, I actually went and secured my seat, I think then I was just from all over. I was sort of, I think, just brainwashed into, into, People were just saying, you know, okay, you got e-corners at LSR, like there could be nothing better because the ROI on this education is going to be unparalleled and, you know, you don't realize that it's a great opportunity and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't really honestly my first choice at all. And I was quite, um, I was quite upset, like, you know, you're very right to say that because I always was mentally in my mind going to go abroad, right? 
um so i think i just i just kind of took my parents advice and i said okay you know what Let, let's try and also because du was starting a couple of months before right it, it typically starts in like june june and everything else starts in august um so the first couple of months there um to be very honest was a bit of a culture shock um a because it's an all girls university and you know going from a going from a school like shri ram to going to delhi university which is a lot more um i mean it, it it's amazing but of course it's a lot the infrastructure is very basic it's a girls college it's it's not what you would imagine like a typical you know university experience that you've always read and kind of heard about right um so the first couple of months was a bit of a culture shock and um you just you were, I, i was trying to find my feet and i was also trying to make peace with the fact that i was going to then stay in delhi be living at home you know doing all those things very differently so the first couple of months for me there were i was quite um i was in my shell you know i didn't really i was just a little disappointed i was like okay like am i really going to be doing this and things like that and i would have like arguments about you know why i chose to do this and all of that stuff but i think once you know a little bit of time passed and i actually i actually saw the things that were happening at that institution the kinds of you know the kind of students that came there firstly from all over the country diverse backgrounds i saw the kind of initiatives the university was taking the kind of clubs societies and all of that stuff that it had I kind of realized I said okay, you know what like university is different no matter where you are you have to take the plunge and you have to make the effort yourself no one is going to come and kind of give it to you on a platter like in school right where people are constantly pushing you and are constantly wanting you to do that so the minute i think i kind of started focusing on things outside the academic curriculum and started focusing on the extracurriculars focusing on the kinds of people i could connect with the projects i could be part of is when i actually started loving the place and i kind of uh, i just came into my own i got a lot more confident i made some great friends and i think that's when i said okay you know what like this is pretty great like it's uh, yeah so i did have fomo like i saw a lot of my friends <laughs> going abroad but i think i was also just so busy trying to like find my place and doing everything i could that um, i just kind of channeled that out okay so i think uh, in the course of our call we'll uh, talk we'll also discuss uh, certain advantages of just building your network in india being in lsr yep. being in you know sort of the premier institution in delhi university uh, has those advantages as well uh, but do you think there was something in the academic style which is you know where students who go to a liberal arts system always uh, you know sort of rave about the fact that professors are so approachable there is so much academic advising there's that uh, extra academic rigor to train your mind to do research projects and the sky is the limit you know it seems so rosy but of course the world has changed so much this is uh, you know we don't know what the online education model will look like the hybrid blended model for students who are going this year they might just have to sit out a semester so yeah it's no longer that huge uh, advantage if the colleges don't have in person classes for international students absolutely but what do you think did you think your du experience was enough to compensate for some of the things which you would have valued at a good liberal arts school or in a, or in a us um, you know absolutely i think i think that's a great question i think you know when i reflect back on my university experience and while i was there as well while of course i was doing economics and luckily that is one of the courses that they focus a lot on even in the institution so like for example um, almost every internship is skewed towards an economics student you know every uh, wherever your kind of just everything at that college like because the economics department is so predominant luckily you get like a lot of the spotlight you have some of the best faculty and you have some of the brightest students as well but i think even for me the the academic curriculum the way it was designed and the way it was taught was not sufficient to kind of engage me and draw my attention even at lsr right like i really felt like 
I wasn't being able to like engage with the teachers as much. I wasn't being able to really connect with them. Some of the, some of the, uh, you know, the, the procedures in which, which they taught us were very archaic, right? So you didn't really feel like you had like that very open, you had that open dialogue with them. And often that would bore you, right? Like you just, you want, you want that, uh, you couldn't focus as much. Uh, so for me, at least like the extracurriculars and everything about the experience is what honestly just kept me going and what really, really kept me engaged. And I think that's where I've drawn most of my learnings from, you know, whether it was the internships that I did in the summer and winter, whether it was the extracurriculars, whether it was the clubs that I kind of was part of and the leadership opportunities that I, that I, you know, uh, took upon. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, for, for people who are looking to study the arts uh, and, and subjects that are a lot more contemporary and stuff like that, I think uh, a liberal arts education definitely, definitely opens up a lot more possibilities and honestly just you just you just discover a lot more about yourself as well uh, which is why even my sister for example she went to Ashoka University which is liberal arts right and and that's one institution that's come up in the past couple of years where I can I just saw myself the curriculum was so different it was so so much more creative it was so much more collaborative um, so that is definitely something that, that DU lacks and they do need to focus a lot more on experiential learning, on, you know, collaborative projects, on... Yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question. Yeah, so that was going to be my next question. How do you see, like, right. given the opportunity now where DU can do something which is disrupting that whole study abroad uh, desire of so many families because they would want to reconsider uh, their options? Right. Do you think what are the few things they could do to make an LSR experience a lot more creative, collaborative, and not too many, but you know, reimagine a bit of that maybe? Right. No, for sure. Um, I think right from the onset, you know, um, I think this is the time when I think everyone around the world, no matter where you are, is really having to step up and really having to kind of provide value to people in different ways than they would have earlier, right? Whether it's like getting on a digital platform or whether it's being able to just be be connected virtually, right? Mm -hmm. Because physical human interaction is not possible. Um, I think uh, LSR and DU, they have they have miles to go in, in the kind of progress that they need to be making. Uh, from like, like I said as well, right, experiential learning, just like everything can't be about like textbooks and everything can't be about like just bookish learnings and then exams focused on that. So they need to definitely change a lot more of like their teaching styles and just, you know, just I think be able to engage people more in different ways. They also need to focus a lot more on technology, which is of course severely lacking. They don't really use like, you know, any online tools for that matter. Like everything that you learn in a classroom is still on like a board. It's still through your textbook. You're still taking notes in your diary. There, there isn't really any module you can go back and refer to or anything like that, right? So they, they obviously have, have a long way to go there as well. And I'm sure even the extracurriculars have to, and that's up to the students as well, right? The students also have to be able to kind of keep things going online and ensure that they themselves are not missing out on those opportunities just because of the situation right now, which is, which is impacting everyone. So, yeah. Great. So we're going to switch gears and talk more about work and, you know, how um, first at InBev and then now at Aridas. How did you yeah. assume this role and figure out that marketing, brand management was something you could be good at? It just doesn't happen right. overnight. Yeah, I think, you know, so like right from when I was, I think, in school, I think for me, I always, you know, the reason that I kind of committed at least half my summer and winter vacations to doing an internship is because I wanted to almost use like the process of elimination to figure out what I didn't like, to then kind of move towards what I did like. And I think that's something that I'm very grateful for. Although some of those decisions may have been premature in hindsight, at least I got like, I got an understanding of what the environment was like and, you know, what people were so busy doing all the time. 
<clears throat> and um, when I was in LSR, of course, we had a lot of on-campus placements. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of the uh, companies that would come to campus would be looking for, would be focusing on students from like business studies and economics and math and stuff like that, right? So that almost became like a criteria for a lot of them. Um, so AB and Bev is one company when they came to campus, they, they automatically just like grabbed my attention. It's one of like the largest FMCGs in the world now. They've got some of the most creative, progressive brands, although they're beverage brands. Budweiser, Corona, Who Garden, those brands are just are doing amazing work. And uh, the company's, of course, very successful. So when they came to campus, the energy that they brought and, you know, just the, the kind the people that I got to interact with, it, it just seemed, I just felt like I would be a really great culture fit for an organization like that. And they actually came to campus to hire for a global management trainee program, which they run across the world. And in India, it was the first year that they were actually launching that program. And it was the first that they were hiring undergrads for that program because they would typically hire MBA students. So we got really, really lucky that ours was the first batch that they were hiring undergrad students for. And this program was an 11-month program where they, would, they chose 12 students, 12, 12 students from across the country. And for 11 months, you would work across different verticals of the organization for a month each. After which, you know, you would be evaluated basis like your work. And of course, you would, you would give your preference on what what vertical you liked the most. For me, marketing just automatically was something that I, I just enjoyed that the most. I think I was able to like add the most value in like a very short span of time. And it's something that, that really kept me on my feet. And it was something that I wanted to read about, think about, talk about, all of that. So my preference obviously leaned towards marketing and that's when and then I got hired into the marketing team at AB InBev. Um, uh, you know, I did that for about three years in Bangalore where I was basically heading experiential marketing. Uh, for the alcohol industry, of course, experiential marketing and consumer experiences are some of the biggest ways in which you engage your audiences because those are some of the largest channels and platforms that you have to advertise, right? A lot of things because of the law, unfortunately, you can't do, for example, e-com and digital, like you do have laws there. So consumer experiences becomes like something very relevant. So I was, I was you know, I did that for three years, learned a lot. Uh, I think it's a fantastic organization. Um, and after that, I think my, my passion for marketing just grew more and more. And then Adidas came along uh, and that seemed like a great, uh, a great opportunity as well and a great shift because I didn't want to kind of restrict myself to one place. Uh, I wanted to make like some informed decisions before I chose to, you know, make my next big decision. And uh, of course, sport is something that's always been a very big part of my life from very early on. Yep. So it, it was yeah, exciting. Great. Yeah, super. So uh, if you look at journeys where invariably we do find mentors and we run a mentoring firm for high school kids and we realize that the joys of just maintaining relationships and creating the community is uh, a lot more than you know let's say the top line of the business uh, what do you think uh, uh, of mentorship like what kind of mentors did you find in Delhi university or even could be seniors or, or at work and what role did they play in your life Sure, that's that's a great question. I think I'm someone who's who's always, I've always looked for mentorship because I just feel like you know when you establish that huge connection with someone that you can spar with and you know constantly bounce ideas off. I think there's nothing more valuable than that. Someone who's also invested in your growth along with you. Um, I think two three people that have played a very important role in my life. Uh, one is actually from school. Uh, this this girl called Ishita Matharu. She was about six years older than me, uh, and she was someone that I always just really looked up to, right? Like she was great at academics, she was great at sports, she was sort of an all rounder, head of student council, and we ended up going on a lot of trips together because of sports, and we automatically kind of like stuck this like junior senior kind of bond. Uh, and she's someone that has always kind of looked out for me, and someone that I've always looked up to. 
uh, and when i was in college as well in my second year she started her own venture she's she you know she started her own venture and she kind of called me and said you know how do you want to help me and you want to just like spend some time learning and just like helping me out because i'm all, i'm on my own right now so for three months, I actually worked with her uh, part time, of course, to you know just like do things like field research, go like go for meetings with her, and all of that stuff, and that 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 taught me a lot. Um, and uh, she worked at Google five years before that, so she's always someone that that I was constantly in touch with, always wanted to kind of follow a similar path. Uh, so that is very valuable. And to this day, I'm obviously in touch with her. She's in the U.S. now, but um, we were in touch, and that's great. Um, the second person that played a very important role is someone who's at my first organization. In fact, his name is Vineet Sharma. He uh, was uh, the brand brand director for Budweiser, which is like the biggest brand in India for the company right now. And uh, you know, I think in my um, in my eleven month stint at the company, uh, because like I was working closely with him, he's someone that I just uh, he's someone that that really was inv- invested in like you know new talent coming in and genuinely just wanted them to learn and was also okay with them faltering but someone that you felt very comfortable you know approaching and talking to about or uh, talking to just about anything and someone that gave you very open and candid feedback but in a very friendly way that kind of didn't intimidate you you know um, and you know through my journey at the organization as well he obviously moved into another department but we always we had like literally like a, we'd go for like coffee once every week. And we discuss like what I was working on, or what more I could be doing, all of that stuff. So I think, and I think that was really valuable because you you know that you have someone who you can always turn to, and someone who's going through a similar thing, right? The same organization, same everything. So that's uh, that's the second, and the third would definitely be my dad. I think he's he's been someone that um, has always uh, you know kind of pushed me to like stay out of my comfort zone, right? From when I was a child, like you know, don't be scared to try new things. Um, that's the only way you're going to learn. Like just just I think. The focus on like a very balanced life and not just just focusing on one track has always uh, come from like I think his um, his advice and uh, he's someone that I can I I consult on everything yeah great 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 you know I think the other aspect like you've talked about people at home and at work and even a relationship which goes back I don't know more than ten to twelve years with your friend Ishita so that's fantastic yeah. uh, what do you think uh, people and students who are listening in and uh, would would get a sense of your field which is marketing brand management what do you think are the steps if there are any to uh, do well in marketing brand management and what is the average day in the life of nihar <laughs> at adidas <laughs> <laughs> okay um well you know i think uh, there's no one playbook but i think uh, it it's very important like for for people to start thinking about this right from a lot from from early on because it doesn't just like kind of fall into your lap it's something that you have to be closely like uh, kind of connected to so if if it's something that you think would interest you you should you you should have you should take some interest in maybe like reading about these things you know try there, there's enough information online as well if you want to just understand what brand management is about and of course once you get into it there's nothing like practical on the job learning right like i didn't know anything about marketing before i actually went into an organization and uh, that's when i realized that practical experience and on the job learning is going to be a lot more valuable than anything you're going to study in theory first so if someone is looking to do something like marketing i i definitely would would say that you know getting some experience before you decide that that's what you want to do um is is super important uh, like i i wouldn't i wouldn't advise just going to study something like that before you've actually done it because there are also different facets of marketing that you could realize that you love right it could be the creative side of things it could be the analytical side of things it could be um it could be things like working it could be things like partnerships and sponsorships and you know networking and just being 
being in that space. So I think marketing is it's a very broad term, but I think it has so many endless possibilities, and that's what I'm slowly discovering as well. My two experiences at AB and Bev versus Adidas have been so different, just because the two brands have completely different channels of marketing, right? Um, so that's something that people should uh, people should know as well. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great space to be in, and there's just so much so much opportunity right now. Super. Of course, uh, the world going online, and <clears throat> even you never know when restaurants and pubs would reopen or open in a different way with social distancing norms in place. Are there any talks about that? Like, are there scenarios being played out that what could be the best case scenario? I mean, other than the fact that we can go back to huddle in big crowds and all that. What do you think will happen? <laughs> um, you mean to like pubs from, and restaurants from the company and that I own? Okay, no, the pubs terms, and restaurants? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think we're all in uncharted waters right now and it's it's really difficult to say what's actually going to happen to public places because, um, you know, even if those places open up, people are still going to be wary, right? It's about the fear that you kind of have inside your head. While something could open up, you don't know whether you want to be the person that goes there and kind of risks so much. Um, so I think we'll just have to see how this plays out. I think, uh, you know, luckily our country, we took an early, early call and early decision to go on lockdown before things got extremely out of hand. Uh, so I think as long as we kind of just follow what's being told and uh, luckily things, hopefully things will be able to open a lot earlier. Uh, but that being said, of course, a lot of businesses that rely on, you know, places like that will have to think very, very differently. They will have to develop and transform. Even, even for sports as well, think. right? Many of the, of course, yeah, the stadiums might not have the same rules applying for audience. Stadiums might not have the same rules. You know, malls are probably not going to open up for a while. So retail right. and like brick and mortar stores are going to be, a real challenge for uh, you know business like this so we're also really really focusing on uh, getting a lot of growth from our digital channels and e-com and you know working with newer partners and things like that sure so i think your role becomes even more important now than ever uh, i did read a post about stay at home stay fit and uh, things like that uh, do yeah. you think uh, how do you engage audiences online across platforms in a meaningful way uh, what is right. the mantra for Adidas at this point? Let's just say. <laughs> you know, I think uh, both internally and externally, like the organization has been, uh, it's just been, it's been so positive. Like they've just kept their employees engaged to the point where we literally have, uh, where we're constantly connected, we're constantly having to reflect about things, share things, share experiences and all of that. So they've, they've and they've also given us a lot of activities along the way to just keep it keep it, keep people busy but keep people thinking about sport and thinking about like you know what our ambition is um but externally as well we realize that like right now for example while businesses might be absolutely zero we have to be there for our consumers we have to be there for our audiences and what do our audiences expect from us right we are a fitness brand we are a sport brand the least we can do is keep people positive let people know that they should continue to stay physically fit and active as much as they can from home because that's generally something that's good for your health and good for, for your immunity and it's something that generally releases like happy hormones that could just keep even your mental state of mind a lot better so while we know that you know you can't be marketing products and running campaigns right now there's a lot that you could do organically just by the network that you have by creating content for people you know advising them on what they could do or uh, conducting meaningful sessions for example today we have a live session that we're going to con uh, conduct live on our instagram about positivity and the impact of that on your body and mind because we realize that it's about holistic fitness right now not just physical fitness so uh, we're just trying to find creative ways to keep people engaged and just be really relevant in their minds yeah, that's fantastic. I think uh, the understanding of mindfulness is um, uh, going to take another sort of level uh, 
and it's not just a millennial problem, which say my generation thinks of as, uh, but, oh, uh, but it's, yeah, it's kind of ubiquitous just to be in a lockdown situation for over like almost two months. It's um, unprecedented. Yeah. But anyways, going forward, I'm going to switch gears and move closer towards uh, the end. We are almost running out of time, but the rapid fire question on <laughs> what do you think are the three adjectives that define Nihar Kutiala? three adjectives hmm i think uh, the three adjectives that i would use to kind of describe myself um one is uh, hard working i think that i've always been someone like right from the beginning someone who genuinely just works hard and believes that no matter what uh, the sincerity of that hard work will pay off if not immediately it will it, it's ultimately going to teach you to do things the right way because you've done them yourself and you've done them the right way so uh, the, the credibility that that holds, I think, is, is really high. So, so that, that, that's one thing. Um, I think the second thing is uh, collaborative. I think because, again, um, I've been a sports person uh, back in school. I think that it's always, it's been ingrained in my personality. And I think I've, I just love working in teams. And I love working with people. And I love it when, like, a team wins together. Like, I think the joy of that is, like, it's, it, it just, so there's so much satisfaction in there. And I think the third thing um, I think would be creative. I think that uh, my mind is constantly just like thinking and uh, just wanting to churn out like new ideas and creative solutions. And I think that's also why marketing struck such a chord with me because I believe that that's one place where you genuinely, uh, the sky is the limit and uh, you can, there's nothing, that, nothing, everything's subjective, right? And creativity is just, is just what thrives. Yeah, just listening to you, it seems that you'd be a great team player as well as team leader. Do you get a chance to even lead teams uh, at, at the level you're at? You you have people reporting to you or it's still very flat? Um, it's it's still quite flat. Uh, so not formally reporting, but of course we do have people that come in, you know, to do like uh, shorter term projects that, you know, kind of come, that, that we almost mentor and we kind of guide that happen both at AB and Bev and at Adidas in fact, where uh, you know, you are responsible for like a younger person coming in and, you know, what their project project is and what their project will result in. And I've always really enjoyed that. Um, and of course, like we work with agencies a lot as well. So we work with digital agencies and you know, PR agencies and creative agencies. And uh, being on the brand side, you have to lead those agencies uh, because uh, you are the one that um, you're like the one point of, point of contact for them. Right. So you're giving them the briefs. You're the ones that you're, you're kind of holding their hand from uh, the brand side of things. So I think that has really taught me to, um, that that I think has given me leadership opportunities at a, on a professional level. Okay, one more question, uh, quick response. So what do you think <laughs> is the biggest mistake you've made or a failure that you would like to sort of learn, uh, tell the world about? <laughs> hmm, biggest mistake. Um, I think uh, one of, now that I'm reflecting on this, I think one thing that kind of uh, maybe stayed with me is uh, when I was uh, back in school and I, we were kind of running for student council elections at that point. Uh, and, you know, in the 11th and 12th grade, you have like, the vice student council and then you have the, the senior student council in the 12th grade. So in the 11th grade, I was a sports vice captain. Um, and then in 12th grade, I wanted to become my house captain. Uh, right. And uh, of course, like things got a lot more heated at that point. And uh, I think I kind of uh, I think I kind of took it a little lightly. Uh, when the second time uh, came around and I said, okay, like, yeah, I think I've got this. Like, I don't really need to, uh, you know, convince too many people or try very hard to get votes and things like that. I, I was a bit complacent about it. And uh, when the results actually, and you know, the, the person that was competing with me kind of went all out, of course, um, to kind of campaign and things like that. And then when the, when the results came out, she actually won. 
um and i think that's that's one moment that really kind of um you know obviously at a young age like you're very affected by these things uh, i think that's one time and i was like okay uh, that was kind of a slap in the face kind of thing um so i guess i guess you have to um, you it just taught me a lot right like you can't you can't ever get overconfident about something you have to uh, let people know you're there for them you if you want a leadership position you have to like work for it um so early stage i guess i was more vulnerable but that's something that did uh, did teach me something and of course there've been several things across work that you know you constantly make mistakes because it's the first time you're doing things uh, but this is probably one memory that that i could structure great and so one final question what advice would you give to our listeners and particularly those who are graduating from high school this year and graduating from college this year uh, how do we oh, yeah. stay positive in this world in this situation um you know i think um it it of course it's difficult and it's unprecedented and i'm sure no one saw this coming which is why you could never be fully prepared but uh, i think it's just important to know that you know of course this period will pass i think they should know that these are the most energetic and productive years of their life uh, and you know they shouldn't they like a couple of months is not going to define what they're going to do later on they have to kind of make the initiative the initiative and make the effort to connect with people reach out to people you know focus on their own self development as well uh you know i think i think younger and older like right now is really the time when people need to reflect on the skill sets they have and try and upskill themselves as much as possible so that you're prepared for like a different tomorrow uh, so i think they just need to know that everyone's going through this together it's it's actually like a global crisis it's not just restricted to our country um so people will uh, things will resume things will look better and i'm sure the opportunities for them will will massively open up as well so yeah stay positive guys <laughs> right uh, thank you so much nihar this was uh, just a pleasure reconnecting and you know just the fact that thank i could you. pick up yeah, the phone after so many years and just start from where we left for sure is is just uh, honestly is, is yeah refreshing and yeah thank you for being It's part great. of my life team at brands life and yeah i look forward to um, staying in touch people have more panels so we'll invite awesome. you for sure <laughs> for sure thanks a lot arjun this is great and i hope uh, i hope people benefit from this little discussion that we've had super sure will bye signing out okay Thank